Welcome to the First Right Podcast, a weekly conservative news show brought to you by Restoration of America. I'm your host, Jerry Ewald, Chief Marketing Officer for Restoration of America. And today we are blessed to connect with Kevin Freeman, economic warfare and financial terrorism expert and host of Economic War Room. Well, Kevin, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate being here. For those unaware of who you are and your, your background, uh, please give the audience just a snapshot of uh, what you've been doing over the last uh, couple of years, if you will. Sure. Well, I'm the host of Economic War Room. It's a show on Blaze Television, but also on Liftable Media, XOTV, uh, Rumble, YouTube, and so forth. And we focus on economic issues and how they impact America. Uh, we focus on national security, but personal pocketbook issues, ESG, uh, all of the things that the World Economic Forum may be intending to do against the American people. Uh, we have enemies foreign, China, for example, and domestic, which would include the Biden administration in large part and others intent on bringing America down. So that's that's what you're doing now. But you, uh, what led you up to this point? You've had an interesting career. You want to go through just some of the snapshots of that? Sure. Uh, I, I started uh, in the investment management field working for John Templeton, who's one of the great money managers of the last century. Uh, Sir John Templeton uh, built and ran the Templeton Funds and Templeton Private Client Group and others. And he hired me to run his private client group. Actually, I wrote a business plan, sent it into him, and, and uh, he bought the business plan and then implemented it or asked me to implement it. Uh, that is. And I loved international money management. The wall fell in Berlin, and you see a chunk behind me as an example. Uh, free market uh, capitalism was being spread across the world, and all everything seemed good until 2001 when an act of uh, economic terrorism and actual terrorism hit America. They hit the World Trade Center for a reason. And then in 2008, uh, there were other examples of financial terrorism to bring America down. And so I reached out to the Pentagon and they hired me. I was their economic warfare consultant uh, from 2008 to about 2010, 2011. Written several books, met Glenn Beck, uh, started uh, telling people they need to protect their money. And then later on learned that actually we need to be using our money to protect America rather than trying to protect our money. Yeah, you, you have decades of experience on this topic and you're, you're an expert in the field. And I think it was important to establish that because I want to get into it, but right what we're going to be talking about today is the the battle that we find ourselves under. And you, like, as you said, you are the host of the Economic War Room. And the premise of this is that we are, as Americans, we are under a threefold attack uh, which is foreign, domestic, and of the heart. So uh, if you can go into each of those three and explain what you mean by that, that would be great. Sure. Uh, our foreign enemy is pretty obvious. It's China. Uh, prior to Donald Trump, unfortunately, most of the uh, policy elites had no idea that we were at war with China, or rather China was at war with us. And Donald Trump came along and said, hey, these trade agreements aren't fair, and they're stealing our intellectual property. All of these things are true. 
But in 1999, as far back as 1999, they wrote a book titled Unrestricted Warfare, and it was a master plan to bring down America. It, it was very obvious that they were going to use uh, spying. They were going to use intellectual property theft. They were going to use elite capture. They were going to use uh, you know, hacking and cyber warfare. It very direct book on how to take down America. We're at war with China. It's largely an economic war at this point. Uh, and they they went from the, uh, I think they were the um, 10th or 11th largest economy on the planet in 1999, and now they're rivaling the American economy. They were roughly the size of Italy in, in economic terms in 1999, but they've stolen all this property. So that's the foreign war. Yeah, and we, we've had uh, a, quite a few guests on this show, uh, such as uh, Frank Gaffney, uh, Jivan Fleet, and they've talked about uh, how we've been uh, under uh, under war with with China for quite some time now, and it it doesn't just affect the economic sector; it's it's affecting all aspects of our life. But again, let's let's keep going deeper on the economic side. So that's that's the foreign uh, piece of it. So tell us about the domestic. Well, the domestic piece is is also has a foreign component. The World Economic Forum, and they have economic in the title, uh, Klaus Schwab and others. They they're very bold in telling us. Uh, that by the year 2030, we will own nothing and we'll be happy. It is a direct war on property rights, but it's also a direct war on individual liberty. They talk about living in 15-minute cities to where you can only travel so far from your home. They talk about reimagining the food supply. So you eat a whole lot less meat. And then there are articles that they put out on how bug protein is good for you, and we should be consuming bug protein. When you look at their plans and you step back, all these things that they try to make sound good really are a plantation mentality where they're the plantation masters, the World Economic Forum elites, the Klaus Schwabs, the Bill Gates, and they put all the rest of us on the plantation working for them, owning nothing, but but supposedly we're supposed to be happy. Yeah, exactly. So they, they have a plan for us, whether we know it or not. And, and I, I always attribute it, uh, this, this battle that you're explaining uh, to, to spiritual battle, uh, spiritual warfare. We, we don't, you, whether you know it or not, you're under attack. And I like how you tie all the things that we just talked about, China and all the things that are going on, even domestically, World Economic Forum, all the things that we're seeing uh, to money. And this leads, I guess, to the third battle that we're fighting under because people uh, tend to fear money uh, and, and maybe don't want to have anything to do with it, especially if you're a Christian, but um, uh, that's a mistake. So maybe talk about the third battle, which is the battle of the heart. Right, and in fact, it's the most important battle. Uh, Jesus said, Luke 16, 11, he said, if you're not faithful with your money, your unrighteous mammon, you will not be trusted with true riches. And the problem of America is that because we've been so successful as a nation, I mean, the Berlin Wall fell, how we won an economic war against the Soviet Union. We literally crippled them economically. We, we ran uh, them out of money, so to speak, just like we ran the Germans out of oil uh, and energy at the end of World War II. We ran the Russians out of money as the Soviet Union. So we win, we're successful. And what we did was we made that, at that point, money became the object. And both the Bush administration and the Clinton administration and the Bush administration after that says, go make as much money as you can. Money's the object. You know what? Not to our founders. The founders' object was liberty, security, and values. 
The Bible warns us against making gold and silver into idols. The Bible warns us against making money the ultimate goal. And so what we've done is we went from a society that was highly prosperous and successful to a society that became very fearful. How do I protect this money? We're in number one position. This is a standard business problem. When the, when the company is number one in their industry, like IBM, uh, they start to protect their position and protect their money rather than continue to persevere in the areas of success that they'd enjoyed. And in America, we turn to how do we protect our money? And we've done all kinds of things around the world and at home based on the idea and in our personal homes, how do I protect my money? People ask me all the time as a financial advisor, what do I do? How do I protect my money? And that's essentially the question that was being asked from uh, the, the uh, individuals given talents. Remember in the parable of the talents, Jesus gave three individuals. Two of them went and invested it to make progress. One of them was so fearful, he buried his money to protect it. That's the one Jesus cast out. Yeah, so in your battle plan, you, st you spent a lot of time explaining why money is not to be feared or hoarded as an idol, as you just said. It's a tool, and, and the Bible commands us to go and use that tool uh, to serve God and to serve people. Absolutely. Luke 16 also tells the story of the wicked steward. The wicked steward was the one who took his master's money, and, and he went and made friends for himself by cutting the debts and so forth. We have the opportunity to take money that does not belong to us. Nothing that we have do we really own. We're, we came without it, and we will leave this planet without it. Uh, so if you if you put money in its rightful place, which is what Jesus said to do, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If we start to use that money for good purposes, then we can achieve great things and maybe uh, maybe store up treasure in heaven. Uh, so the idea of the parable of the talents is use the money, put it to work. Don't be fearful. You can give it, you can spend it, you can invest it. Evidence of where your heart is is how you're using your money and how you're treating your money. And once we conquer that battle of the heart, as you call it, uh, one of my favorite quotes that you have is weaponize your money towards principles that support liberty, security and values. And that's exactly what you're promoting right now is, is don't <laughs> don't idolize money, but don't be afraid of it either. It is a tool and you can weaponize it uh, to do God's work. Right. People that have a big bank account, lots of money, but have lost their children aren't happy. Elon Musk has, has uh, recently spoken about how he spent $50,000 to educate his daughter and she went off to a woke school and now she's turned against him. I think it's a daughter, but I just read that uh, last night. The point is, is that money doesn't bring happiness. Money can't achieve anything unless it's put to use, giving, spending, and investing. The world wants to sell us on ESG, environment, social governance, which are really a grab bag of progressive agenda items to put us on that plantation of the World Economic Forum. We instead ought to be using our money like the founders of this nation did to promote liberty, security, and values, to invest in companies that will bring us liberty, not companies that will destroy our values, to spend our money in places that will do good things with it. You know, I'm concerned. I love Disney when my kids were growing up, but Disney concerns me now and what they're promoting. Uh, and, and values is we ought to be promoting the things that, that stand the test of time, the, the Judeo-Christian Western civilization values that promote prosperity and bring blessing and benefit to the whole world. 
Yeah, and so many aspects of our society has been weaponized against us. So uh, the, the message here is to, you know, take your money uh, and make sure you protect it, but but spend it wisely, spend it in areas that will support liberty, freedom, uh, and, and uh, different areas of life that, that follow our values. Oh, no question. When you look at the, the heads of the companies and the board of directors, what are they incentivized to do? Well, unfortunately, most of the S&P 500 is incentivized to follow ESG mandates and implement diversity, equity, and inclusion. And as a result, you see Disney producing uh, once family-friendly films are now woke nonsense films that parents don't even want to take their kids to. But the CEO doesn't care because they're getting paid for meeting ESG goals as opposed to uh, promoting and maximizing shareholder returns. Yeah, the CEI, right? The Corporate Equity Index as well. So they're, they're, they don't answer right now, if you will, to shareholders like us. They have bigger uh, people they answer to that have a lot more money than us and have weaponized the money against us. Oh, absolutely. And that is BlackRock, State Street, and, and Vanguard control the vast majority of the investments. They are primarily index fund managers. And uh, John Bogle, the founder of the index fund industry, warned us shortly before he died. He says, hey, look, I love index funds. It's an easy way to invest. I'm proud of what I did. Maybe the greatest innovation in the investment industry of the last hundred years. However, you cannot concentrate the voting power in the hands of a few people like this. It's dangerous. Pretty soon they will be running everything in society. That's John Vogel, the founder of Vanguard, who was warning us two, year, uh, two months before he passed away. So, so Kevin, what I, um, what I like about your, your ministry, the work that you're doing, is you're, you're one, explaining all the things that are happening, waking up America to what is actually happening, but you also have a lot of solutions. And I want to get to the solutions a, a little bit later in the discussion, but let's keep going down some of the problems. So you just wrote a book, uh, According to Plan, The Elite Secret Plan to Sabotage America. Expand on your investigation there and how it relates to that threefold battle that we've been discussing. Sure. And, and and actually, my most recent book is this book, Pirate Money, uh, mm. which is part of the solutions, which we can get into. But according yes. to plan, bottom lines explaining the elites plan, the elites going back to uh, you know, the Rockefellers that set up the Federal Reserve in, in 1913, uh, more modern. And by the way, uh, John Rockefeller, it, during the Spanish uh, flu pandemic, uh, had vaccines he tried to foist on everybody. They demanded masks. They demanded everything locked down. And it was a miserable health failure. And there's a great book called The Great Influenza that describes what a failure uh, that health policy was. Now here it's being repeated by Dr. Fauci and Bill Gates. Uh, so it, this isn't new, but what is new is the American people are, are not awake to the threats. For example, in the year uh, 1900, uh, when The Wizard of Oz was written, people were very aware of what money was and how it operated. And the Wizard of Oz was an allegory for a monetary system, which I can explain if you want. But now here, 123 years later, nobody even know. they think money is a dirty green piece of paper with a picture of a dead president. They don't understand how it functions, what it's used for. Uh, and they, they want that dirty green piece of paper and they want it to show up in ones and zeros. And they're willing to now take on central bank digital currency if it makes life more convenient, 
These are just traps set for us by the elites. In other words, the elites have been at this for, for hundreds of years. They're just modernizing it with modern technology, and the American people are so ignorant they may be willing to accept it. Well, and that's a topic you talk a lot about in your book, Pirate Money. Uh, you talk about how the founders hated paper-backed money, right? So, so talk a little bit about that. Yeah, uh, Thomas Jefferson says paper is poverty. Here, here's what happened. In, in the Revolutionary War, uh, the Continental Congress issued um, Continentals, and they were supposed to be exchanged for Spanish milled dollars. The term dollar comes from a Spanish term, and a milled dollar means it was uh, produced on a machine with the ridges around it so you couldn't just shave off some of the silver. It was 0.77 ounces, uh, troy ounces of fine silver. And so that was what a dollar was, and, and they would issue these papers. I have one that was uh, the equivalent of four Spanish milled dollars. And at the end of the war, you're supposed to be able to turn them in and get your silver. Well, unfortunately, they didn't have the silver to back it up. And so George Washington said that a wagon full of Continentals would not buy a wagon full of supplies. Now, think about how valueless the paper money was that you could have a wagon full of it. Bottom line, the founders, Alexander Hamilton also, they hated paper money and they put in the Constitution provisions that we would not do unbacked paper money ever again. Sadly, we turned away from that during the Civil War. We turned away from it again after the Civil War and then with the Federal Reserve establishment, and we permanently walked away from it in 1971 when Richard Nixon pulled us off the gold standard. And since then, from 1971 to the present, the, the paper money dollar has lost 87.5% of its purchasing power. Everything costs eight times plus as much. Yeah, and, and it's uh, you know it's it's like you're in a frog in the kettle and you're just being boiled and you don't realize it. But to your point, 87% of the dollar has been lost in '71. It's 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 crazy to think about. And so you know our founders were against this fiat paper-backed uh, based money, and yet that here we are today. But it's about to evolve into something different now. No longer paper-backed, but but digital. So go, what, why is that the the next phase of this evolution, and why is that a terrible thing? for us? Well, a couple of things. One is, uh, at least with paper money, you're limited by the printing press, <laughs> the amount of paper and the mm -hmm. amount of ink. Here, d digital money uh, can be fiat money without any limitations. And really how this came about is it's the exact opposite of an innovation called Bitcoin that came out on the blockchain. Now, the advantage of Bitcoin in the blockchain, which went from fractions of a penny in value to $60,000 a coin at one point, was uh, twofold. One, it was private. You didn't know who was transacting in it, and so there's privacy benefits. And two, it's limited. Only 21 million Bitcoin will ever be mined in the history of the world. They put that limit on it. So the federal government says, hey, this is cool. So let's do this exact same thing, only no privacy whatsoever. We can monitor every transaction, and we can even turn it on and turn it off when we wish. And let's make it unlimited. So they, it's bizarro, like bizarro Superman is to Superman. It is the exact opposite of, of what people found appealing in Bitcoin. And that's what's coming. The Fed now uh, came out in July. It is the operating system on which they will bring out the software for central bank digital currency, aka Biden bucks, aka you only lease your money from the federal government. They own it. They tell you when, how, where, and why you can use what you thought was your money. It doesn't belong to you. It belongs to the central bank. 
well, this is what you call programmable money because the government has the ability to program it. How much you get, how, um, how, how, good, how long it's good for, and what you can spend that money on. Oh, absolutely. And where you can spend it. If you go outside your zip code and you're locked down, it, your money's shut off. If you have high cholesterol scores, uh, they can look at those and you try and buy a cheeseburger at McDonald's, you only can buy the salad uh, and, and a Diet Coke. That's all you can get at McDonald's. It is complete top-down control. This is These are the same people like Michael Bloomberg who says, we want to limit the soda size that you can buy in New York. Now they have a mechanism uh, that they can complete monitor everything that you do. If you gave to the wrong political candidate, they can say, well, your money's not valuable. And if, if you think, well, that's far-fetched, no. Justin Trudeau's finance minister said, if you supported Trump, you should lose your bank account. Bottom line, that's, that's what the elite are thinking. That's how they want to control us. Yeah, we've seen conservatives lose their their bank accounts recently. And then, you know, you mentioned the the super size me soda, right? We just we just heard New York is looking or um, I, I believe it's New York is looking at ways to, you know, recommending only two two drinks a week per person. So you can see how this is all starting to set up and, and these digital currency, the, the Fed now stuff is is really going to tie all this stuff together. And it, it is happening right now. Yes, it is. And, and the founders warned us of this sorts of thing. And, and again, uh, this goes back to Luke 16, 11. If we're not faithful with our unrighteous mammon, we're not going to be trusted with true riches. We're going to be locked down, controlled, manipulated uh, via this. And th that's a judgment of God. Now, the answer to being faithful with our money is to stop worshiping it, stop making it the goal to achieve and start using it to expand the kingdom of God on the earth to bring liberty, security, and values. The founders gave us an alternative. They gave us a solution. It's right there, Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution, uh, alternative money that's state-based that can be based solely on gold and silver, but uh, transactional and useful that the federal government would have absolutely no say in. And that, I believe, is the answer. So, yeah. So expand on the, on the solution here, because that's, you know, you could look at this stuff and say, man, we're, we're doomed. But you're saying, no, you've, you come, you, you're coming with solutions. And there are things that people like you and I can do today to kind of protect, to protect that money, but also push it in the direction where we go back to a gold, silver based type of financial system. Right, and it would be an optional system because you could still use the Federal Reserve System if you wanted to. The best way to keep central bank digital currency honest is to give it an alternative that people would prefer so that they will have to improve it to not violate your privacy, to not overproduce uh, it. Uh, so the founders, who were considered pirates, by the way, by the British, the founders were pirates. Ben Franklin hired a pirate navy. Uh, John Paul Jones himself is still to this day declared by the British a pirate, even though he's the founder of the American Navy. They left the only money that they thought was legitimate were gold doubloons and silver pieces of eight known as Spanish milled dollars. Well, when you hear the term gold doubloon and pieces of eight, you think of pirates. This is Captain Jack right. Sparrow, what he's going after. Well, they left that provision in the Constitution that a state could make nothing other than gold and silver coins, and by that they meant doubloons and pieces of eight, legal tender within the state. Now, if you add to that modern technology, to where you can make it transactional. And there's an app that you can put on your iPhone where you can do this out of uh, the UK called Glint, and you can transact business in gold and silver 
uh, or actually just gold with Clint right now, but you can transact business in gold. The problem with it is the federal government can monitor every transaction and they can tax every transaction. And so that's not serving the function of legal tender. We had a proposal in Texas. We're doing a conference on it here at our property, Liberty Hawk Ranch, where we're going to help um, help legislators in various states put legislation through that would make modern gold and silver coin legal tender. That's what the book Pirate Money is all about. It is an, a simple book in a few chapters with a lot of stories to help people understand this is what money should be. This is one of our top solutions uh, for the economic war we're facing. So yeah, I recommend that everyone go out and read that book. Uh, that that lays out all the problems we're facing and the solution, which is so important, right? The hope that we have to be able to do this. Uh, so what else could people do? How do they get to know more about you and what you're what you're doing? Well, first, the book can be found at piratemoneybook.com. They can learn more about me at economicwarroom.com. And there they'll find how to access a financial advisor who wants to help you invest for liberty, security, and values. It's a very complex thing investing these days. For example, if you own shares of Disney, do you know how to vote your proxies to get the bums out that have ruined this once great company? Do you know how to vote proxies to promote liberty, security, and values? So we train financial advisors at Liberty University through the NSIC uh, National Security Investment Consultant Institute. And you can learn more about that at nsic.org. If you're a client, go there and say, I want to find an advisor that'll support me, or I have an advisor, I want to nominate him to go through your courses. Or if you're a financial advisor, go there and sign up to be at one of our Liberty University online courses and learn how to help people weaponize their money. It's a complex thing uh, until you get the training, and then it becomes very simple. But we need professionals trained to help uh, individuals weaponize their money for liberty, security, and values. Well, th these resources are fantastic. So, Kevin, I, I want to thank you, one, for your passion, but two, for your heart for God. I mean, you are doing God's work right now, and I, I pray that he continues to bless you uh, in this journey. And, uh, again, thank you so much. Thank you. It's a pleasure. All right, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in and supporting conservative media. And don't ever forget that by working together and staying diligent, we conservatives can bring our country back to true greatness. Until next week, let's all keep praying that God will continue to bless America. First Right, a new kind of news summary without the liberal slant. Every morning, in your inbox, always free. Subscribe by texting First Right to 30161. That's First Right, all caps, one word, to 30161.